Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we have been looking forward to doing this episode for quite some time. This is an episode that is really months in the making. We started the Tape Store podcast. It was on Halloween night of 2019. We are approaching one year. And we are excited, and we've just had a lot of wonderful, wonderful times. And one of the best parts about this really has been being able to have Jeff on. Oh, yes. So we're happy to have you on, Jeff. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, and and the thing is, though, is that when we first started talking about having Jeff on the podcast, we had already done our Labyrinth episode. Yes, which is like one of our top listened to episodes. Yeah, it yeah we that that's that episode's gotten a lot of love and we appreciate that we we appreciate our listeners we yes love thank you, guys. you. Yeah. but also Doug is a it's an awesome movie yeah Labyrinth is great you know again we can't say enough about it which is why this week we are returning to the Labyrinth yes so official title of this episode is the Return to the Labyrinth and. When I was talking to Jeff, Jeff was like, oh, you've already done the Labyrinth, you know? You've already done Labyrinth. And I was like, yeah, but we can do it again. Yeah. And Brooke was like, uh, please, you know? I, yeah, I have no problem returning. <laughs> Ever. Because, Jeff, you have a lot to say about that movie, right? I do, but, you know, you guys really nailed that first episode. It was actually, I think, one of the first podcast episodes I've listened to with you guys. And um, yeah. I, I was blown away by, you know your knowledge of the film and your, you know, analysis of Jareth, it was, it was spot on in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and that that's the thing. Th- this week's... Why, thank you. Yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> and uh, this week, uh, this episode, Return of the Labyrinth, is going to be a little different. Uh, obviously, we're not going to go through the whole film again. We, we went through the whole narrative, me and Brooke did, when we did our Labyrinth episode, and that's what we usually do when we right. go through films. We like to just go through them and talk through them and stuff, and... Amazingly, we did that in one episode. I know. Because I don't know been, how we did that. There's been some films. I know we did Galaxy Quest in two parts. I'm surprised that we were able to, to pack the labyrinth into about an hour. Yeah. And I, I thought it went really well. And one of the things that we, we did was we went through the film, of course, and talked about it. But we really focused on Jareth. Because for me personally, when I first watched the movie as a kid, uh, he was just a magnetic presence. And he was all I remembered. <laughs> right. And even as an adult, that has not changed at all. No, he's totally s- scary, weird, and cool. Yeah, David Bowie is absolutely magic in this film. And the character of Jareth is incredibly layered. But the reason why Jareth is so layered is because of, I think, Sarah's story, which is what we w- really wanted to get into when we talked, me, Brooke, and Jeff talked. And we really wanted to get into Sarah's perspective. Yes. And talk about some other highlights. And probably talk about Jareth some more. Because <laughs> you really can't talk about any of this film without, you know, really mentioning he's 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 just really a force in this movie. Right. And uh, so, again, Labyrinth, 1986, directed by Jim Henson, executively produced by George Lucas. And, Jeff, you had some other things uh, talking about the making of the film and stuff. And I think we, you know, that that was one of the things that we didn't really touch on uh, with this film. We, we, we kind of just, uh, you know, we jumped right in and, and uh, I, I just uh, know you had some stuff that you wanted to share about how this film came about. But also, uh, you have a very different perspective than me and Brooke. And, and that's another thing that's exciting about this yes. movie. Yes. 
It's going to be great. Yeah. We love so. new perspectives. Yeah. Well, like, um, so it, it's it's been, like, I guess, uh, examined by, you know, critical film, you know, analysis, people who, who analyze the film, that this is actually kind of a, a rebuke for The Dark Crystal, because The Dark Crystal was not very well received. Now, neither was this one, actually, by critics, but... Yeah. Right. A lot of these they, movies weren't. It's, it's really yeah. disappointing. We yeah, talked about is. that about <laughs> they're, how these they're masterpieces, <laughs> in my opinion. But you know, yes. yeah, like a uh, legend. We talked about legend. Well, I we just think about... that the critics just weren't like they weren't with it with these fantasy movies, these puppets right. and stuff. I, I don't know Willow. what like, their issues were, but anyway, um, you know, because I mean, the Dark Crystal is 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 it's, it's more geared for children. It is very predictable, and I think that was one of the some of the harsh criticisms it got. So when Jim Hansen made this movie, he wanted it to be like subverting expectations he wanted to keep the audience guessing the whole time and like you know pretty much you know and you get a lot of that in this film um but speaking of like how it got made and like uh, basically jim hansen just had an idea for a story he wanted to tell a story about a young woman who was uh exiting adolescence she's a little late to the game in some aspects of like mm -hmm. becoming a woman um and we'll get we'll get into that a little more into detail in a minute, but you know, that's all he wanted to do. He he just wanted to tell a very straightforward story about a coming know, of age, leaving yeah, coming of age, leaving childish things behind and growing up, and how she was going to break free and do that, and using the I guess the the whole Alice in Wonderland you know motif as a as a plot device, but um, <clears throat> so. He had ideas. He had highlights in the in the story that he wanted to, but he did not have a really big hand in writing this movie. A guy named Terry Jones wrote it, for the most part. There were some other writers who came in, and and that's where it get it got a little muddy because a lot of people like I, I guess they went into uh, crisis mode at some point because they <laughs> felt like the film was like, where is this going? What are we trying to say here? Because there's so many, it contradicts itself, but it almost kind of works in that way because the labyrinth, it's supposed to be confusing. And, yeah, they made yet, a crazy enough world. So. Yeah, and I want to talk about the contradictions too. I, I want to, yeah, we'll, you know, kind of talk that. about those specifically. But uh, I know Brooke knows quite a bit about Alice in Wonderland. And I have to ask because, and you might have shared this with me, Brooke, but uh, <laughs> was, was Alice in Wonderland all in Alice's mind? Uh, or was there now, something? I haven't read all of Into the Looking Glass and the uh, other subsequent novels, right? which may shed more light on that. But um, ultimately, it was like a dream. But at the same time, it was doing what Jeff just alluded to. It was a young girl. Uh, he really wrote it as a critique of the time of uh -huh. a woman in this world full of contradictions, full of grown-up things run by, you know, people who maybe he thought didn't know what they were doing. It was it, it was meant to be somewhat of a political commentary. Yeah. And everything was nonsense because that was kind of Lewis Carroll's view of some things. Right. Uh so and 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 she was trying to navigate that, trying to understand the world that she was in through another yeah. world that she'd been catapulted into. So yes, in a way it was in her mind, but then later interpretations in film has been that something about it was real. Yeah, and so. I know for me, and which is why I'm glad we are talking about Sarah, which uh, Jeff likes to 
and, and that's one of the things that you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal your thunder, but I'm just saying, you know, Jeff really looks at this film through Sarah's lenses, and for me, it's not that I don't look at it through Sarah's lenses. I almost feel like I guess I look at it more like we're looking at a third person omniscient perspective of something that's really happening, and that's again, but the, and you know, spoiler alert, that's 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 one of my that's a chief part of my interpretation of this film is that the labyrinth is real. Right. It's, it's all real. Jareth is real. And, you know, I, I, we'll get into that, you know, again, uh, you know, as we, as we talk about that. Um, but, you know, for me, it was, I took it as a literal, there is this world of magic underlying our world mm-hmm. and Sarah, some, and Jareth was pursuing Sarah. Right. And, because of Sarah's despair in her life and her hesitancy to to accept responsibility and grow up she calls on she that. calls on Jareth and and allows Jareth to intersect with her right you know it's almost that is like Jareth was like following her and looking for her but never forced himself on her it wasn't until she said she had to speak the words she had to speak the words mm-hmm. And there was the intersection. It's like a vampire. You have to invite a vampire in that can't come in. Yeah. And, and and I've always said that, that he reminds me of Dracula and Mina Harker. He He's always reminded yeah. me of that because and, you can't, that's the that's the legend. A vampire and, cannot come into your house unless you allow them in. And that's where, and not again, you know, we're going to get back to Sarah, but I'm just saying that's getting a little deeper. That's where I always go back to Jareth is not evil. I think that he is... But he's not benevolent either. No, he's not benevolent by any means. He's incredibly self-serving, but if he really wanted Sarah, he obviously was was powerful enough, but he wanted... He wants Sarah to want him. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know... Uh, we, we don't really have a roadmap to this episode. This no. is more of just a real conversation. But it's good to refresh on what we think about, what we initially interpreted, so that way we're like, okay, this is what we think, but now we want to hear Jeff's perspective because I think it really illuminates... A lot, and I think in some ways are the theories can support one another. Yeah. So take it away. Yeah, but so so starting with Sarah, you know, and 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 how the film opens, she's in this because I, I remember for me, Jeff, uh, w- when the film opens, it's filmed very very uh, skillfully because you don't realize Sarah is in pre in, in I guess what modern you would day. say what yeah. is modern day. No. She seems she seems to be almost this this um like it's a like it's a period film yeah like it's a yeah. period film in this like other she's... other right. world right Jane Austen right or something I don't know well she's um I mean she's she's doing I guess with the thing that she loves to do which is cosplay in a in a park and rehearse lines from her favorite play and mm. you know. She she's I mean she must have been doing this for a while because she's she's like an hour late, you know, <laughs> to get home. And sure. I mean you see her run home she she runs like four blocks and she's there, you know. Right. So right. she is definitely like she's like right. in her own world here. Yeah, what a great America. reveal! She she pulls the dress up and you see it's jeans and you're, you're like, like yeah. oh gosh, well this is 1986. <laughs> and then you know I love this moment. She's running home. She's like, oh it's not fair, you know. <laughs> And and that's a theme you're you know like yes. that in, in in that you know she says quite a bit in the in the movie as you know, and <laughs> she gets to the you know she sees her stepmother her stepmother's like on the porch she's like and she just stops in the rain looks down like she's defeated like you know right. and 
Then her and her stepmom get into a very, very important conversation. And this is how it goes. Sarah walks in, you know, you know, Sarah, you're an hour late, you know, and then she's like, you know, whatever. You know, he's like, oh, let me finish. Your father and I go out very rarely. And she's like, you go out every single weekend. And then she's like, well, you know, I, I, I'd assume you'd tell me if you have plans. He said, well, how do you know if I have plans? You don't know. You don't even ask me anymore. And this is very important. Because Sarah yeah. says plans. She says, you don't know if I have plans. And then her stepmother says, well, I'd assume you'd tell me if you had a date. I'd like it if you have a date. You should have dates at your age. Mm. And this pisses Sarah off. That's when the conversation is over. And she runs upstairs and says, I can't do anything right, can I? So... Sarah is like, she feels weird. Her stepmother has made her feel like a freak because she's 16 and she's still playing with toys. She's not boy crazy. She's not boy crazy at all. Right. Well, she is. Not boy crazy. She's Goblin King Uh, crazy. Well, we'll get into that. She has an an internal desire that has not manifested externally. Exactly. And that's that's what this whole movie really is about. Good one. It's about her. You know, whether or not she wants to leave her childish possessions behind, become a woman, mm-hmm. what is she attracted to? Because Jareth sometimes is feminine, sometimes he's masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that plays directly into what does she want from him? You know, not yeah. so much what he wants from her. Because this is, in my opinion, her fantasy. This is all in her head, in my, and this that's how I view this movie. Right. Is this is her trying to figure out what she wants to do like you know she wants to hang on to all these things and i want to talk about her room and as i told you guys her room is a character in and of itself in this movie it tells you everything you need to know about her um and you know right after that big fight she has with her stepmother she's right there back in the mirror she's got all this crap all over she's got a crown (laughs) she's putting on lipstick you know, she's right back in her fantasy, right back yep. where she wants to be, you know. And I want you, like, if you watch the movie again, and for people out there who are listening, I want you to pay very close attention to her vanity. There yeah. is a picture of a woman, presumably her birth mother, uh, up, on, up on her mirror. There's, and then I think, I don't, I don't think it's at the beginning, I think maybe later, there's a scrapbook completely devoted to her. There are playbills and, like, there are like uh, like newspaper clippings of uh, of a woman, presumably her mom, in a play, oh. and it is my opinion too. that her mom is dead. Yeah, and because right. I mean, coming, I'm I feel like that's the, accurate. Yeah, yeah because I, that that would explain why she's so like, you know, why she's surrounded. She's holding herself. on to this stuff. Yeah, you and know, her mom was stuff. yeah, and her mom, I guess, being an actress with Playbill, uh, th- there was this this. Her mom was obviously someone that had a very big imagination. Yeah, and and that just makes sense. I'm just you know. I'm no, just, that yeah, again, that makes total because sense. Because I didn't notice that. I, I didn't notice the scrapbook. I noticed the picture. I never it's at noticed the, end, the scrapbook. And I, I, I'll get more into that. What's happening at the end? Is there something very very important that's happening? And that's one of these movies that, 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 that is. There are so many subtle moments. If you're not paying attention. That it, it speaks volumes yeah. about like who she is, what you know, and 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 things that she's encountered, you know, like in, in this on this journey and what she's learned. Because 
you know, yeah, you got, I mean, it's not just, it's a kid's movie, but you, you can tell it's, and that's what I'm talking about with George, I mean, not George, with, um, um, tell me out, Jim Hansen and Terry Jones, because Jim Hansen just wanted to make a fun puppet movie. You know, right? About sure. a girl escaping. You know, but then Terry Jones is like, "Nah, let's let's <laughs> let's, really let's make some something layers. cool." You know, and and, and let's uh, get dark and know. twisty with this thing. Yeah, let's get well, dark and twisty. Exactly. Well, I want to bring up one of the first contradictions, at least that that I see. I know Jeff, you said it has some contradictions, and I, I think you know I want to hit all of them. Um, but that that was all really again and. Yeah, that was like mind blowing, actually. Yeah, it really said. was, and th- these are things that, we, and again, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about this kind of in general, like we want to hit this and this, but you know, this is the first time we're really going into this stuff all together talking. So, I mean, yeah, that really blew my mind too. Uh, but one of the first contradictions I think is in the beginning. You know, l- let's rewind a little bit when Sarah is cosplaying in yeah. the park uh, when she runs home. We see that she's being watched by an owl. Yes. You know, the the, the barn owl that, right. that we know is Jareth. Yeah. So I, I think, wouldn't you say that's a contradiction? If, exactly. I, I mean, that, if this is in Sarah's uh, mind. Right. But it, but it appears that she is being watched in the real world by who we know eventually. Who we eventually come to know as. Yes. Uh, come to so, know as the Goblin King. What if, what if she saw the owl, noticed the owl, and subconsciously that's later where that owl kind of uh came into play you know she kind of saw like oh that's weird a barn owl was sitting there you know but you know but again but again this is where terry jones and jim hansen kind of like are at odds with one another in this movie because there are moments yeah i can't explain why you know that that this cannot be a figment of her, her imagination you know what i mean but there are other times where it's it's quite obviously a figment of her imagination. Because, right. yeah, be, it, it, yeah. That's where it gets muddy and confusing, because, and that's yeah. why. Because the owl bookends the film. Yeah. The, the owl, the I mean, Jareth, Jareth bookends the film, and and it's 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 very interesting to me, you know, because I definitely put stock into to what you just said, and and, and again was just like, whoa, okay, man, wow, that oh, makes sense. Fun. Fun movie fact about the owl, the uh, the computer-generated owl at the beginning of the credits. Yes. And I have to say this correctly or it's not true. It is the first fully realized CGI character in a major motion picture. What? Oh, wow. That's yes. so cool. See, Jared like, is... So there have been, like, partially, you know, He's... computer effects and stuff, but never has there been, I guess, you know... However, you want to define what I just said because because that's what the when, when I was doing my research, I thought that's one of the facts that came up, and that's how they that's worded neat. it. So I I think what also made it hard for me to accept it as just a figment of Sarah's imagination is that there are times when when while Sarah is attempting to make it through the labyrinth, you know, of course, and you know, again, I, I'm assuming that you know. A, Hopefully, all of our listeners have seen this film, but obviously, right. we know that what happens is uh, Sarah takes out her frustrations on her her little brother Toby, and and we can go back to this, <laughs> Jeff, if you have something you want to say about how she views Toby. I think she views Toby with some animus because he's the baby of uh, her father and, and stepmother. His new wife, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but uh, but I mean, but, I, but I think you know. But what I'm going to say is, we obviously know she says the words, the goblins under command of the Goblin King, they take the baby, they take Toby, and Toby spends most of the movie 
with Jareth yeah. at his palace. And what what I think really also made me feel that this was real is that Jareth seems to be just as central of a character because there's so many times when Sarah's doing something, we go to just Jareth, and and we we, we see that, you know, again, I, I'm coming from the perspective and, you know. As third person. Yeah. I'm coming from the perspective that he's real because I'm like, well, me and Brooke talked about Jareth's frustration and boredom with his existence. You know, how he yeah. was sitting there in his th- right before Dance Magic Dance, Brooke, right? right. What was going on? They're, the goblins are just being goblin-y. And, and he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just like, so, like, you guys are the worst. Yeah. He's like, this is what I have to do. The, this is my existence. I rule yeah. these little cretins, <laughs> which are, which are, which, you know. Yeah. I felt like that was... um. Apart from Sarah, yeah. I felt mm-hmm. like they really did. They seemed to create this, this, um, this in this moment. They seemed to create the uh, impression that Jareth is just like I'm. Just I want something. I need something more than this. It's not enough to right. rule these goblins. You know what I'm talking about? When, right before Dance Magic Dance, it's so funny to see him. He's just like, oh, I'm so. He's kicking them, and then he breaks into a song, and it's like. So, so I think that that was another thing that that really threw me was like, well, and, well and, go ahead. And maybe that's the point, like because I think Jeff, what you're saying is just as accurate. Um, and maybe that is the point. We're not really supposed to understand if it was real or not. And I, I, yeah, of course, yeah. And I, I, and I'm, I think that that's kind of the, the the big moral there is like it's left up to us. But for me, I just was saying that I, I think that was another something that contradicts there is like. But we see Jareth by himself. He he's bored, and then you know he's stressed as she starts to figure out more of the labyrinth. You know, and uh, but so yeah. yeah, I mean, and 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 there are moments where like you know uh, Hoggle and Jareth have that private conversation where Sarah's not even in the scene. Exactly, and you know that's one of those things. I mean, I guess you you know in in my mind, like if Sarah's imagination is is creative enough. She could very easily create these scenarios in her mind, right? You know, sure. I mean, what? so, eh, you know, it, it, like Brooker was saying, it, it's really it's just how you interpret it. And I think the the writers, whether they meant to or not, when they wrote this crazy movie, you know, they did a really good job of of making you question it. You know, yeah, is this real? For sure. Is it not? Is it supposed to be real? I don't care. You know, whatever. But <laughs> like, um, I'm just here for it. <laughs> yeah, like, but no, I mean, I because. The scene in the room where she's, um, you know, she's, you know, <laughs> Toby starts crying and she's like, Lancelot, you know, whatever. Uh, she <laughs> out. And, and she runs in there. I hate you. I hate you. You know, and she picks it up and she's Lancelot. like, someone save me. Someone take me away from this horrible place. You know, she yeah. wants to go somewhere. She's yes. wanting to leave. And, her, you know, very, she wants very to check badly. out like for real. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, you know. I mean, for all we know, like as soon as she said, I wish the goblins would come and take you away right now, and she turns off the light, maybe she goes in her room and falls asleep right at Right, but instead, right. You know, and that's, and that's when the fantasy begins. I don't sure. know when the fantasy begins. It could be, you know, when her mom set her off and she's upstairs, you know, and I want to talk about that for a minute because her dad, you know, you know, Sarah, you know, knocks on her door and says, you, you know, you're going to be late. You need to go, whatever. He's like, all right, we'll be home later. And she's like, you were like, yeah. what yeah. me, didn't you? Not very helpful. I mean, so yeah, her parents, uh, her dad. I mean, for what, however reason, her mom's not in the picture anymore. Maybe she died. Maybe she went off to California and abandoned them. I don't know. But right, like, 
um, her her dad is like completely like not in tune with what's going on with her, and that's a whole no. other thing too. She could be having some daddy issues that you know. He's dedicating she, this time to this new family. It seems. Exactly. It seems. And, she and feels sure like a. She feels like a. Can relate to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think so. <laughs> yes. Feeling like a. Um, feeling like a, a, a third wheel or a fifth wheel, however you want to say yeah. it, however you want to put it. In this case, a fourth wheel, but that wouldn't make sense. But she just feels like the odd man out. It, yeah. It, it obviously, it's, it, I agree that, that these, these moments that we see of Sarah interacting with her family mm-hmm. is crucial to understanding the rest of the film, definitely. Yeah. Whether you believe that Jareth and his uh, kingdom of goblins is real or not, right. you know. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and and there's another line when when she's like, you know, she she's doing that scary story, you know, and she's trying to scare yeah. Toby because she's being a real like really bad babysitter right now. Which is <laughs> nice real. and say that, you know, she's like, you know, she makes a line and and she was hurt by the cruel words of her stepmother. I mean, she mentioned it again. It obviously yeah. really hurt her. I mean, you know, so but um. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> I guess we can like uh, move ahead and talk about some of the other characters in the movie. Um, and, like Hoggle, for one. Yeah. So um, I, I, in three very quick uh, successions, the phrase, you know, taking something for granted is, is said. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. He says, you know what your problem is? You take too many things for granted. And then she gets into the, you know, he, he, he tells her how to get into the labyrinth. And she's, like, confused about where to go. And she says, maybe I'm just taking it for granted. And then mm. the worm says it again. You can't take it. So that's, like, the filmmakers really beating that word into your brain. Yeah. Like, they really want you to think, oh, you know, Sarah's arrogant. And she is. Because she yeah. says two times, it's a piece of cake. And then right after she says that, she's, she gets messed up you know the one was when she solved the the uh the playing card dudes or whatever you yes. know the, the guys who are you know you know and she she solves that puzzle and she said it's a piece of cake and then right then bam she's in an oubliette and then she says it again to jareth yeah later. she actually has the gall to say it to jareth's face <laughs> yeah yeah which is pretty you know pretty so, amazing and, so that's and something- he and yeah, and he well, and I think that's when he he lessens the time. I think he, yeah. he takes time off the clock, you know. Right, and, and then and then and, throws that thing down the thing. <laughs> and, 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 and like... he, but he he also says, and it was one of I think it was, it was one of our favorite lines, Brooke, is when uh, she says that's not fair when he takes the time off. Yeah, she right. Goes, that's not fair. And what does he say? He's, in like, he's res- like, you say that he a says, lot. He says, um, "I wonder what, what your basis of comparison is." Yes, and you know. I mean, I I don't know what 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 he means by that particularly, but I mean, it, it's obvious that you know she, and in her little world, you know what what's you know what is fair. Yeah, I mean, she she probably is feeling, like you said, the odd man out in her family. She maybe maybe she feels like the way she feels isn't fair. That she should be normal like other kids, you know. But she'd rather cosplay in the park or whatever. So <laughs> that's, that's um, I I think there's some message. I, I think what Jareth was saying a little bit was you need to it, you need to grow up a little bit. You need to grow up a little bit, you know, and, and understand that you know sometimes life isn't fair. But we, you know, we have to. We can't let life live us, and we have to, you know. And I think that was one of the things that we talked about, Brooke, and last the last yeah. time we talked about the labyrinth, we said that um, 
Sarah couldn't cosplay forever. Uh, right. She had to. She had to grow up. She had to become a woman. But then, of course, at the end, but you know, and we're jumping around, folks, a little bit. But when I go, when we get, when we go to the <laughs> end of the film, when we go to the end of the film, when she looks in the mirror, and, and this is after she seems to have really have grown up a great deal and and, and learned some stuff, and really, you know, seemed to come to an understanding of of where she had been at fault, and 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 some of the ways that she had thought about Toby and and about herself. But she looked in the mirror, you know, and and she she begins to converse with the reflections of her of of her friends that she meets along the way. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, should you need us?" And she's like, "But I do need you." And that was for me saying, "It's okay. It's okay to grow up and still be a child at heart." Yeah. And 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 I I think that that was important too, but I think also to stay in the same place in life and to constantly just say this isn't fair is is never a good place to be. Right. We know that Jareth, Jareth is not benevolent. With all of his issues, Jareth has a tremendous amount of wisdom. Yeah. And he, because he drops some on Sarah, he's like, what do you mean it's not fair? I mean, come on. What have you done? Yeah. You like, know, you're what, just a like, kid. When he says, what's your basis for comparison? He's saying, well, what exactly, like, what are you comparing this isn't fair because you had to babysit on a Friday night? Like, compare that to somebody who, you know, is put in jail for something that they didn't do. Right. What's your that babysitting is really your basis for comparison? He's basically like, right. look, sweetheart, nothing, not everything works out. You got to work with the cards you're dealt. Because let's let's look at Sarah. She has a tremendously powerful imagination. Let's just um, let's just say that we all agree that this was in Sarah's fantasy. Right. If Sarah's imagination is that powerful, she did just essentially wish her little brother away, and and she she basically essentially just said, "I wish you were not here." Yeah. And again, Jareth doesn't. In, in so many words say that, but he just says, but he, he seems to be saying, look, we did what you wanted. Yeah. Is, this, took, not, is we, this not what you wanted? Is this not what you wanted? In fact, he says that as soon as he walks in, when Jareth makes his in, his incredibly tremendous uh, entrance. entrance, he says, is this not, what? this is what you said, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, we're doing it. This is, you should be happy. <laughs> we're doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think, again, I go back to him saying what I felt like he was saying to her is like, you know, look, you need to grow up. You just wished your little brother away, and now we got him. And now you're trying to come get him. Yeah. Well, what yeah, are you doing? but that 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 does that. That's like one of the first steps she makes into becoming a responsible adult. Yes. Is that she immediately takes ownership that she did this, and yep. now she is like, I mean, almost like you flipped the light switch. She is hell bent on getting her little brother back. Yeah. Like right. She's like, I did this. I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna do everything I can to find you, you know. Um Yeah. And um Yeah. Let's but. talk about an interesting turn the story takes. You know, Jareth, when I was a kid and I saw the movie, I just thought, Jareth, he he wants the baby. Yeah. He wants Toby. Yeah. But interestingly enough, watching this as an adult, you know, what Brooke and I Realized. I know Brooke's seen this movie many times, and you know. But again, watching it now, you know, much older, uh, you know, after growing up a little bit, a lot of bit in some ways, <laughs> a little bit in others. Uh, one of the things that we we said to each other was like, "Now wait a minute, Jer- Jareth has Toby, but he seems to have been like, okay, I have Toby, but he ha- seems focused on Sarah." Yeah. Because again, I go to the beginning. He wasn't outside Toby's. Uh, little you bassinet know or whatever bassinet yeah. like watching he wasn't sitting on he wasn't perched on a a, a branch outside of 
of Toby's window, he was following Sarah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the imagined, you know, what right. Sarah imagines Jareth to be. But this is, whether we're looking through Sarah's lenses or Jareth's real, there is, from Sarah's perspective, this fascination with Jareth, and definitely from Jareth's perspective, this desire for not just Toby, but, but for, for but for Sarah. Yeah. I mean, what would you say about that? I mean, I even look at Dance Magic Dance, which I think is a song that he's singing about Toby, but then it's almost like he talks about how unhappy Sarah is. Right. He's, you know, and, and he seems to be, he has Toby, but he makes these offers to Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to the big scene that we want to talk about, okay. about Jareth and Sarah, but, you know. Okay, I know that all I, I, I frequently pull in uh, references from literature because that's just where my mind goes. But last time I th- we talked about this, you know, obviously we, we, it has mad Alice in Wonderland vibes. But um, the more we've talked about it, the more I've actually thought about Wendy from Peter Pan. And the reason why is because I, I've, I've in reading the book, what, and also in the movie, what sets Wendy off mm-hmm. is her mother saying, oh, you're growing up and you're going to have to leave the nursery. You can't wow. sleep in here anymore because you're a big girl. And Wendy's like, oh, no, because she tells them stories about Peter Pan. She tells them stories about Neverland, about Captain Hook. And that's how they know about him. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, he came in my room the other night and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's it's in the kid, parents like it's kid stuff, whatever. And then it happens. And then she gets there. What she's always wanted. And then she's like, mm, I want to go home. Like, right. I can't do this forever. And Peter Pan's like, no, you can stay. You can stay forever. And we'll be kids forever. And this will be great. And you can love me and I can love you. But Peter Pan's a kid. How much can he really love? Right. He's not growing up. And she is. She's actively growing up. So all that to say, I do think the desire goes both ways. And for Sarah, um, if it's if this is in her imagination, she's imagining Jareth pursuing her. Mm-hmm. It's because she is, in a sense, pursuing that, whether it's with Jareth specifically or just in life, but she doesn't, it's not, like we said in the beginning, it isn't not externalized. It's all muddled and confused right. and not actualized. So I think Jareth, who is very complicated, like you said, Jeff, not masculine, not feminine. He's everything. You know what I mean? She doesn't know what that, she doesn't know what it means to desire somebody else. So she's crafting it. Possibly. Right. But it seems as the film goes, it starts off small, but by the end of the film, it seems that Jareth is simply using Toby as yeah as the bait as the bait, and he w- and he wants to engage Sarah, and right. then by the time we get to the end of the film, he's like, "Come with me." Yeah, like, "Hey, I love you," or whatever. Like, like, love me, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Jeff, what's your take on that? As far it's as so interesting, I it, love it. Yeah, what's your take on that? As far as the Sarah Jareth. I mean, you, you want to call it romance. It's not quite a romance, yeah. but this... this well, I think it, w- yeah, I, I, you know, okay, so... What appears again, to be a mutual attraction. Yeah, oh, at the definitely. very least that, <laughs> at the very least. But again, if this is all in Sarah's head, this is Sarah, you know, wanting to be desired. And this is yes. also her finding her sexuality and, you know, dealing with, you know, the urges that come with growing up. Yeah. Um, right. And... And she wants to be desired, just like any anybody does, you know. And and she's okay. So back to her her vanity. Yes. You know, you know she's got a statue of Jareth. And if you look at the statue, kind of freeze frame, you look at it. 
He looks, the statue is more goblin-esque. He is scarier, yes. I yes. remember scarier. that. Right. He's, but, but in Sarah's fantasy, he's this, <laughs> he's David Bowie. He's a <laughs> he's unitard he's wearing, Bowie, no. mullet sporting, eyeshadow yep. wearing glamour god. Yeah. Which, because, you know, I mean, you know. every, every 15, 14 year old girl, you know, at least when, the ones that I knew growing up, they had pictures of Jared Leto on their wall. They didn't have a picture of the, Pimply Taylor, face, Taylor Hansen you know, for me. 14-year-old kid in their math class. They they wanted a man. <laughs> right. You know? The, the, and just like it's me, I had, a, I, had a, I had a poster of Cindy Crawford on my wall. I didn't have a picture of, you know, girl. You know, like, I mean, so <laughs> this, is, this is all a part growing up, and, and, and there's nothing true. wrong with it. People always say, like, oh, there's this movie has all this controversy because it's about a this 39-year-old man, you know, hunting after a 16-year-old. But again, this is her fantasy. Right. Well, and, uh, and this is absolutely what girls fantasize about. Like, you know, like, right? I mean, I you, can you, attest to this fact, yes. Yeah, because well. you, you even <laughs> said in the first podcast you wanted to marry him and you were how old when you watched this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I exactly. mean, you know. And like, I say that, and I regularly say, I'm like, when I watch the movie, I'm like, I'm mesmerized by David Bowie. And I, you I, almost want them to get together in a weird way. Like, something about it, I'm like, I kind of want it, but this isn't good because you're not. Neither of y'all are, especially yeah. you, Jareth, you're a little unhealthy. Yeah. Let's talk, yes. and, and that leads up to really the moment in the film that makes it really undeniable that... The intentions. The intentions of mm -hmm. Jareth. And what is that scene, Brooke? That's the, uh, as the world falls down, yeah. the masquerade ball. There's uh, the, a lot of sexual symbolism going on yeah. in that Yes. Scene. It, 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 it really comes out of nowhere. I mean, you got to think, you're it watching really this movie... You're wa and that's that's what you know. So and that's what I'm getting at. I'm like, you're watching this movie, and I felt like if you'd removed that scene from the film, which is a great, it's yeah. a great song, and it's a great sequence. Oh, but if the, if you if you, oh, I love it, and and if they removed that sequence, it would have stayed. It would have not have broken the storyline. But when they when when she has that whole dreamy sequence, and this is her moving through, and this is him pursuing watching her, her, and yeah, it's very very. Um, it's very sensual. Yes, mm -hmm. and and dripping candles and like you know right. the mask with the long noses are all like you know it's imagery. That, right. That's very adult. It's very adult. Right, and it, it but it really is. Yeah. It, it, suddenly, I'm like, I have this big question mark. I'm like, okay, why is you know what is this? What's then? happening? Th exactly. Is, this is yeah. not about just her getting her little brother back. Anymore. Right. Whether whether uh, this is in Sarah's mind, this is not just about. Toby, and if you believe that this is real, then Jareth is not just about keeping this little baby. Right. This is a, something much deeper and much more. Well, intense. and I think from either perspective, like you just said, really, from from whether it's from this is all in Sarah's mind perspective or this is really happening, I think we're all realizing this had this never had anything to to do with Toby. Right. None of it. Like from either perspective, it had to do with why is no one seeing me? Right. Why is no one seeing? That I I have a need like you don't ask if I have plans because you don't care, Dad. Right. You don't even come bother to like knock twice instead of you know and really checking if I'm okay. Toby, you're here because they've stopped caring about me, and I think ultimately that this scene kind of like comes that it's the pinnacle of the of, of whether she realizes it or not. It was never about Toby. It was always about desire whether it's sexual desire or just even you know just that desire that you know that love you have with your family being seen being noticed being cared about mm -hmm. and she's and she, it's kind of like you know 
people always say, you know, if you, you know, if you don't, if your parents don't teach you, you'll learn it somewhere else. Well, she's learning it. She's learning it somewhere that's right. not safe. And and this song is sung by Jareth. And I, right. I just want to read uh, just a little bit of the lyrics. Um, yes, bless it us. It says, um, <laughs> there's such a sad love deep in your eyes, a kind of pale jewel open and closed within your eyes. I'll place the sky within your eyes. So all these these grandiose things that I can do for you. Yeah. like. Um, but here we go. There's such a fooled heart beat, beating so fast in search of new dreams, a love that will last within your heart. I'll place the moon within your heart. As the pain sweeps through, makes no sense for you. Every thrill is gone. Wasn't too much fun at all, but I'll be there for you as the world falls down. It's very grandiose, and it even goes. But it's fa- also dark, very such dark promises. It, it is. It's it's definitely not a happy. No. Love. It's not. A, it's not. It's really not a positive. This is I, not a whole new world with Aladdin. This is a very different song. No, it's it's this. I'll paint you mornings of gold, but then it's like as the pain sweeps through, it makes no sense. It's really. It's very seductive. Yes. And it makes you seem, to me, I look at the lyrics, I'm like, this person singing doesn't have the best of intentions, right? Or maybe they don't have the best to give, and maybe that is all he can give, is the dark side of the moon, so to speak. Right. And, and of course, that, and that leads, you know, a few moments later, of course, you know, the, the, the final face-off between her and Jareth, which, where he really becomes vulnerable so it seems. Right. You know. Well, and, before and we get to that, um, sure. I, I, I want to talk briefly, and I think you guys touched on it in the first one, but I want, I want to give my little perspective about. Yes, please you know, do. Obviously, when she, when she, when, when that bell, you know, like it strikes like midnight and the bell starts, yeah. you know, and then she, like, you know, realizes what's happening, she breaks free. Um, um, she ends up, you know, in where the trash people. Are. Yes. Okay. Right. This thing, so that was two consecutive scenes. Well, actually, it's going to be three, really, um, of her growing up, of her yep. really breaking breaking walls literally down. Um, and and so she's in the room. You know, first she's you know on the trash lady's back, and he's and she's like, oh, come with me. You know, come look at your stuff. You know, and she's trying to create a more another trash person. You know, she's yeah. you know, piling up all this crap on her. You know. And then she hands her the, you know, and she's like, this is all junk, you know? I mean, she's saying, these are her things. These yeah. are her things. And she's like, this is junk. That means nothing. Oh, she's wow. starting that to realize, deep, yeah. like, when it comes to, like, saving her brother, this this stuff is junk, you know, compared wow. to that. So, and then that's she's deep. literally busting down walls. You know, that's a mm-hmm. lot of, that's a symbolism but, right there. And, and, you know, I think that, and, and, it, and, and looking at that, it, it kind of gives you more um, clarity, I guess, on the masquerade ball scene because she she breaks his the, the spell kind of... Because they do dance for a minute, her and Jerry. Yeah, oh yeah. Whether you see it as this is really happening or this is all in Sarah's mind, what are we saying that the masquerade ball represents, really? Is it, is it just this, this um, essentially a sexual awakening as a young woman? Probably like, so how'd she get there? Do you remember how she got there? She ate that peach that Hoggle gave her. That and Hoggle that said at the very gave beginning. Hoggle. Yeah. That Jareth gave Hoggle, right? Yep. Right, right. That, did I say that? <laughs> anyway. No, we, 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 no we, I was just before no. I was like, oh yeah, because tracing its That's origins. important, yeah. And he okay. says at the beginning, don't t- you know, you take too many things for granted. And and she trusts, she, how many times did Hoggle betray her, even though she kept mm-hmm. trusting him? You yep. know? And, and then, you know, that's, you know, so Jareth, you know, 
he gave her that peach for a reason because that was that was his his one last effort. Yep, that, you know? that was his end. That, that was when he was going to try to make his move. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> literally, you know? literally. Right, but we yeah. we but for us, I think, and I I think for me again, you know, I, and I think we've we've really really gotten into some deep territory here, you know, from Sarah's you know perspective. For me, as someone who believes that this was real, yeah. literal, that the labyrinth was literal and Jareth is real, uh, this was Jareth showing his true intentions. For me, that was what it was. Yeah, what would you for say? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of those moments where you're, you know, it, the, the movie makes you question what is yeah. it, what is happening. <laughs> yeah. well, well, whatever it is, I think, I think, I think Brooke nailed it. it it's what? not about Toby. Oh, yeah. No, it was never about Toby. He was just annoying. He was just like, oh, my God. He was her trigger, really. Mm-hmm. She was triggered by Toby, and she was like, oh, my God, I wish you would go away, and why would that matter? Well, because then she'd be the only child. Then she embarks on this, really, this this journey of, of really self-discovery, you know, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, that was that was powerful. Of course, but Jeff, so jumping back to the junk, this is after the masquerade, you know, when she breaks right. the She breaks the, spell, the walls. And Jareth looks a little troubled, but yeah. again— we're, we're we're with Sarah right now, and 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 she she goes into the junk, but then she ends up in her room again, right? She kind of tries to act like everything's okay, right? She thinks it's a dream for a second, and then trash lady busts in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> another con- would you say this is another contradiction? Right, it, it is because it, you know it. Well, at least like you know, exactly a contradiction. If you be- if you believe this is, this is in Sarah's trying mind, trying to trick her, so you 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 know you have to like. Wonder like why why would why would this be something that she fabricated in her right mind, you know right yeah, yeah but yeah, then again sure, she sure. could be using it you know subconsciously as a way to to put away these childish things you know yeah, yeah. or she I mean, yeah you know, she, I mean it's, she's it's, it's, obviously it's, torn uh, listen b- because yeah. again I, I'm sorry I can't get away from the masquerade ball <laughs> Sarah it, who who really can it's, though no it's <laughs> but it's not that Sarah was like freaked out at the masquerade ball I mean she starts off she's she's like. Where am I? But she is enchanted by all this. Yeah, oh, she's she's the princess that she's always wanted to be. This is her ultimate fantasy. Yeah, and that's what's so significant about it is even though it's like your ultimate fantasy, mm-hmm. she's still able to run away from it. You know, she's wow. yeah. She, you know, and and that's why that's what it's it, it's so like a testament to her will to find Toby. You know, that, yeah, yeah, for sure to 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 preserve what matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we ready to talk about this ending? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, because you, because we actually, do, we have you haven't told us fully what yeah. uh, you think yet. So I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, before we start recording, Jeff's like, okay, I really want to talk about this ending because I want to give my take on it. And I, I am dying to hear it. Yes. I, I want to once again just kind of reassert, uh, me and Brooks, uh, you know, tell our, you where we left off. Tell where we left off in our interpretation of the ending was Sarah uh, obviously coming of age through this this process. And again, our interpretation is that the labyrinth is real, Jareth is real, and yeah, she, this she's, all happened. She, this is all this all really happened. She made it through. And and she has new quote unquote friends. New friends. Yeah. And she misses them. She sits and she realizes that, okay, I've changed, but even though I've changed and grown up some, I still need you guys. And then we have the famous line. You yeah. Know, what is the famous line? Should you need us. Should you need us? And that's where I look at, and that's, and I even made the allusion to me and Brooke keeping desk toys in our offices mm-hmm. and having the t- tape store, um, 
you know, uh, right now we're just this little cramped room, but <laughs> we, we had this vision of we, we want to move into a bigger room and we're going to put all those things up because, and, and I know, again, just as a working stiff, going into mm-hmm. my office and, and having and looking around and seeing the things from my childhood that would really make the day better. And it's almost like they say, like Spider-Man standing there, like, should, yeah. you, should you need me, man, you know, yeah. uh, to remember better times. And I think that's a powerful message. But then suddenly they're literally in her room with her. Right, right. And they're partying. And it's like... Even the you, goblins are there. They're like, man, the go- we like you. And we talked about that because <laughs> the goblins really aren't bad. They just seem to kind of do... They're just ruled by Jareth. They're ultimately. ruled by Jareth, really. But the, the, the real big kicker was... As the camera zooms out, what do we see, Brooke? <laughs> we see the owl, uh, obviously, Jareth, yeah. still watching. I think we even put a picture of it. It's in it's in one of our one minute clips. I show we show the the scene where he's watching Ludo and everybody yeah. in their window and then it flies off. And then he flies off. And you, we both kind of had different interpretations that you thought like oh he'll maybe he'll find someone else he'll either maybe. my interpretation is he'll because as he flies off we have a reprise of uh dance magic dance he goes right. you know you remind me of the babe and for me it's like it's like jared saying i'm still here mm-hmm. i'm not done i'm either going to come back for sarah or i'm going to find somebody else Yeah, and my view was always that he would come back to her Another time, which was which I alluded to with Dracula, but now I also allude to with Peter Pan because he also came back to her. Right. So that was my view. So now, now, drum roll, please. Yeah, we Jeff. Hear, <laughs> Jeff, we want to hear. What I want to hear. Uh, we want to hear about this ending. Go for it. Okay, so to just uh, go back a little bit, right after they defeat the big like golem thing, <laughs> that big monster. <laughs> um, you know. They're all ready to go in there with her, and she's like, "No, you guys have to stay here." And I'm like, why? Because that's that's how it has to be. So she to face Jareth, right? Yeah, yes, to face Jareth. Now she, that's when she's telling them, you know, like, I, I I know you you're there for me, but I don't need you for yeah. this. And that's and that's, that's why huge. when you go back to the end, and you know, should you need us? That's why. Like, she's basically saying. She can she can do without these things, yeah. But she also needs them sometimes, just like what you were saying. Yeah. The only yeah. Uh, the only thing I had a problem with the ending is you you hear her dad like Sarah, are you home? Which really that's a weird question to ask. You know, are you babysitting my son? And are you home? <laughs> it's like twelve o'clock at night. Of course I'm home. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's the last. You don't ever see them again. No. Mm-mm. She never talks to her stepmom again, and that bugs the crap out of me. Right. I just wanted okay. them to hug. I have yeah, a theory she, on that tucks, actually. Well, she she tucks Toby in. You know, yeah. she, she's got a newfound love for Toby. But then also one thing you, you, you see her doing as her dad is saying, are you home? Is she, she's taking down pictures yeah. from humanity and she's putting them in a box. You know, she's Aww. she's moving on. She's, yeah. She has found some closure. She's yeah. grown up. So yeah. there's definitely been. So that's, that's really all that, you know, I wanted to say was that, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's a good ending. I just, I just wish that she would have. No, I wish she could have had some itself. kind of. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if reconcil. I don't know if it's as strong as reconciliation, but just kind of like time. a. Yeah, but just kind of like a hey, like let's meet in the middle here. But my but my theory on that actually is the reason why that doesn't happen is because she. It, it's exactly what you said, Jeff. But it applies to her life. You know, I don't need you. Like I think for her, the end of this movie is saying, I just. I, I'm gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have to do this alone, and I'm gonna. And when I need somebody. It's right. not going to be mom and dad. It's going to be these guys, these memories. Yeah. And 
it's sad. It's actually, a, that's my, my theory's not happy at all, but it's, it's sad, uh-huh. but I'm like, that's the only, because they don't give us the stepmom and they don't give us the dad, that's all we can assume is that she has grown up enough in her own mind to think, okay, emotionally, that's not a safe place for me. Right. So I have to figure this out. And that, and, and I, yeah. and I get that. I may, really, really maybe get no, that. And maybe no matter hap- no matter what happens with, it might not get better right. with stepmom and dad. Right. But Sarah has had has resolved yes. that she's going to be okay. Yeah. No so matter what. So that's my theory on that, even though it's not happy. Right. Definitely much more sobered and probably realistic. I mean, that's kind of what that's what I would say, kids. But that's what we all do. If we, you know, especially uh, when you're young, you're and you figure and you have a maybe a parental a parental figure that's maybe emotionally not okay or going through a thing, and, and sometimes you, things you just, have to learn to realize, okay. There are certain things that I I can't trust you with. Sometimes so things, yeah. Sometimes things don't work out the way you always want, especially when you're dealing with other people. Which again goes back to what Jared said. You know, I wonder what your, you right. know, what your reference is for this because mm-hmm. life's not fair, sweet pea. <laughs> and I think it's just was a, yeah because again now. and when I go back to yeah because it's true like the action figures don't help me in handling actual life situations. As much as they help me to go to a place, you know, don't take this whole thing too seriously. Don't yeah. take this marathon of life too seriously. Have fun and stay a child at heart. For heaven's sakes, don't grow up too much. Right, right. You know, and I think that that's what they're saying. Hey, should you need us, you know? Should you need to go back to that place of magic? Mm-hmm. You know, don't kill it, Sarah, as you grow up. Yeah. And then we got Jareth. And, and, and that whole thing with Jareth being outside the window, I mean, that was a whole other thing was like, but that speaks to just Jareth. Yeah. As Brooke said, and she said it so well, which was he can only view what he wants from afar. But that's that's looking at a more Jareth-centered yeah, yeah. view. We're, we're sticking with Sarah here. But I can't help but mention him a little bit because he's so fantastic. But we're going on an hour here. I know. So we should probably <laughs> probably wrap it up. But, well, is uh, there anything, but is there but anything else we it, haven't touched yeah, on? Yeah, is there anything we haven't touched on that we wanted to kind of share oh probably oh, no, but you know it's kind of like it's uh, it, it seems like a good place to stop but you know i mean i i could probably analyze this entire movie frame by frame you know oh good well then that <laughs> but, means we'll have to go back to the labyrinth again yes maybe of course. yeah nothing wrong with that Th- this has been great yeah i i think we should definitely hit those things when we come back i mean for sure um you know so we, we've talked about jareth we've talked about sarah we've talked about sarah and jareth which I also think you can't talk about Sarah without talking about mm-hmm. her and Jareth. You know, maybe we should come back and, and hit on the 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 band, the of, uh, the friends, yeah, and just anything else that because why not? Yeah, why not? Right, have a watch party or something. But uh, this has been fantastic. I mean, I have definitely been had some eye opening moments just listening to you, Jeff, talk about your take on it. I got because I got to be honest with you, I'm so enamored with Jareth. That when you said, well, I really want to talk about Sarah. So I was like, what are we going to get out of that? I wonder. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's just because I'm so focused on yeah, him. You know, he's, watching he's, he's just, he's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with him, but there's so much to unpack with her. It's a very complex character when you, when, yeah. when you are paying, if you're paying attention. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. just think of her as like a petulant teenager, who's just, you know, but there's a reason, there are reasons why, you know, yeah. she seems like this, you know, um, yeah, well, I I, 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 I definitely see that now more than ever. Yeah, so so maybe when I, you watch it again, you'll you'll kind of like think you know 
I guess viewer from a different lens, you know. Yeah, I think I will definitely. I think we need to watch it again and yeah, do I this need to again. watch it again for sure. I think we need to do this again. I think we need to have another labyrinth. Yeah, I don't. I mean, know. it's our podcast. Of course, <laughs> no, it's great. No, but there's there's some other things that uh, I know. I know we really want to do Legend with Jeff. You know, uh, Jeff has a lot. I do want know. to say one thing though. Uh, yes. About, about Hoggle because he, he he delivers my favorite line in the entire movie. Where Jared's like, is it possible you've lost your head over a girl? And he goes, I ain't lost my head. <laughs> <laughs> so just the way he says it, and like he puts his arm up, he's like so gangster. I ain't lost my head. Like, it's just like, <laughs> where did that come from? Because oh you know, this like this awesome actress plays Hoggle, you know. So and and like five different people are doing the animatronics in him. Oh, oh my god, it's so there's so it's much. An, detail. It's wait, it's an actress playing Hoggle. Yes, an actress. It's a little person, you know, but she's, uh, she's she inside does an amazing this amazing oh, job. I yeah, well, she is. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. She's she's like doing the movements of the body. Yeah, you know. So I, I'm just like thinking, like, <laughs> I, I think is it Frank Oz who does his voice? I, I think he is. But I, I oh, think okay, yeah. Because yeah, I personally can't get the image of Hoggle peeing. I, I always think of him peeing. <laughs> it's like because I was a kid, and I was like, he's peeing. It was like the first thing I ever saw peeing on a uh, movie was Hoggle. I'm pretty sure that was it. Well, hey, look, let's. Uh, we're getting close to uh, closing time. Yeah, about an hour. So yeah, we need to go. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, it's always a, always so such a pleasure to be here. No, we love it when you're yeah, here too. It's forget it, man. Uh, we we're, we're going to be in touch, dude. Uh, we have a lot to talk about as far as you know. The next time you you're you're on the show, but um. Let's just give a shout out to our listeners. Thank you all. If you've been with us this past hour, uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Tape Store. Yep. Uh, Twitter, uh, tape, Twitter store. tape Store Pod. Instagram is where we're most active. Yes. And um, we want to say that we appreciate your time. Uh, any amount of time you spend listening is greatly appreciated. We're honored. And uh, again, just thank you for taking your valuable time to listen to the Tape Store. And again, we hope we. We reawaken that magic of the 80s and 90s, a time far gone. But I feel like it comes alive when we have this show, which is why, yeah. you know, which is why we do what we do, uh, all three of us. So, uh, Also, if you like what you hear, leave a rating on yes. Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, you know. Wherever you're listening. We will see you next week, next Thursday, for more great 80s and 90s nostalgia. Until then, this is Toby. This is Brooke. And this is Jeff. Take care. Be safe, and should you need us. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.